When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Ben Bolin here with Daredevil Auto Editor Scott Benjamin. Scott, always a pleasure. How are you doing? I'm outstanding today. How are you doing, Ben? Oh, you know me, man. I am a productive person. That's that's probably how it'd be described if we were in a Mad Lib yeah, sure. and there was a blank space in front of. Well, okay, I do my best. Is my point? <laughs> yeah, everybody around here says how productive you are. That's right. Yeah. All right, <laughs> all right. So I was on the way to work today, thinking about, of course, how I could be productive, and then it occurred to me, you know, uh, midway between shaving as I was balancing a donut and a oh, latte oh, and boy. reading the uh, news section and the sports section at the same time, that this would be so much easier and maybe even a little safer if I, I don't know, wasn't doing those things. Or, you know, I, at first I was thinking maybe I shouldn't be doing all this stuff in the car. Oh, and good. then I thought, well, I can do it if someone else is driving. And then I thought, what if the car drove itself? Huh. And so I wanted to ask you today, is that, can we do that yet? Uh, well, not really, but I have one question for you. Why don't you just take the train? Uh, you know what? That is a fair question, and I am going to give you a good answer that I just made up. <laughs> okay. The train has predetermined routes, and I sometimes, you know, I go a lot of places. I'm what you would call both a mover and a shaker, and that means that sometimes I might need to be someplace where the train doesn't go, and I might need to be there more quickly than the train can get me. So. Okay. Well, I understand your concerns, but um, as far as going hands-free... I yeah. don't know about that. I don't think that's possible right now. Mm. Um, there's you know, variations of that that we do have right now, and we could talk about those if you want. Sure, yeah. yeah. Okay. Lay it on me. All right. Well, maybe the, uh, maybe the greatest one or the, uh, the, the best example of this would be um, adaptive cruise control. What, what is adaptive cruise control? Uh, adaptive cruise control, it's just what it sounds like. Everybody is pretty much familiar with cruise control. Yeah, yeah. Adaptive cruise control adapts to the situation that the car is in. Um, so if, uh, if you set the cruise control at, say, um, a, a certain speed, 
Sure, like and, uh, 50 miles an hour. Okay, sure, 50. Um, you want you want to maintain 50, 50 miles an hour, and that's what a cru- cruise control will do. But if, let's say, the car in front of you slams on his brakes suddenly or it, you mm-hmm. know, suddenly slows down even just a little bit, uh, you know, the gap in between you and the car in front of you, sl- you know, it, it lessens. Yeah. yeah. So adaptive cruise control kind of maintains that gap. It, 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 um, it adjusts based on the traffic. So... Um, I don't know. It's a it's a smart system. It it allows you to either maintain a speed or it allows you to maintain a distance in time, a time interval even. Oh, so I could say I could say, for instance, uh, keep me at fifty miles an hour as long as I am always what ten seconds away from this other car. Or that, that's right. Ten seconds would be a long time on the highway, but if you, <laughs> right. if you do let's say two or three seconds, uh, that's that's probably more reasonable. And yeah, it, you know the car will speed up and slow down as necessary in order to maintain that gap yeah well i you know i see i see what you're saying here uh scott i i don't want to uh i don't want to sound negative or anything but i'm i'm getting the feeling you don't think this is a good idea no you're exactly right um i don't think a total hands-free system is a good idea at all there's just no way that it's going to work i I don't think that um i shouldn't say there's no way it's, it's going to work but I'm going to say that it's not likely to work anytime soon, uh, and the reason is that everybody would have to be on the same system in order for something like this to work. See, and that's what you know—that's what some people who advocate the idea of driverless car systems they say that it would make it safer in general. There would be less accidents. Uh, is is the main thing I think they point out, oh. and maybe even less traffic. Oh, that's that that could be true, but then again, everybody again has to be on the same system. They, they, Every vehicle would have to be identical, or you know, at least be operating on the same system uh, in order this, for this to work. There's just oh, no yeah. other way around it because um, you can't have a car driving through a city that is driverless when everybody else is not on a driverless system. And the reason is that you know everybody's going to be trying to avoid that car or trying to uh, adapt to what that car is doing, or the car is going to be trying to adapt to them, and it's just not going to work right. But if you got two vehicles that are on the same system, or a thousand vehicles or ten thousand vehicles that are doing the same thing that's different um that's when the system's really going to work okay so are you saying that uh one of the the chief disadvantages of these kind of systems is that one person driving their own car could could spoil it for everybody else that's exactly right yeah um it's the human element i guess oh okay um so you've got you know Humans react differently than machines do to certain situations, of course, and they're, they're trying to work on that. If that's what's you know, the whole idea behind driverless systems, yeah, right, really. Right. But you're in a driverless system, a hands-free system, you're re- entirely removing the human element from driving the vehicle, and that's, that's something that has been entirely up to humans up to this point. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's going to be completely different. That's right. Have you ever seen – there's this movie, Minority Report, and I know, of course, I, at How Stuff Works, we're not – plugging any of these movies they're not giving us any money to say <laughs> anything about them but i want to point out there's a, a great chase scene in there where there's a, a a driverless car system and the main character has to override the system and drive by himself and he goes through this uh tremendous car chase and and ca- causes or comes close to causing several catastrophic accidents is that what you're talking about i've seen that movie yeah and i know the scene you're talking about and it's a great scene and i think that that's something that that's kind of like what you would see yeah um you know if you get somebody that decides they want to uh you know navigate their own car through this this maze of driverless cars (laughs) that's what could happen yeah 
And I, yeah, could, I guess like I could that. see that very easily. And the reverse would be true of, let's say, a car that is a driverless car trying to navigate through all these other vehicles that are not driverless vehicles, if that makes sense. It's oh, kind yeah. of the, the opposite yeah. of that. Um, so, I don't know. I just don't find it's going to work. I don't think it's going to mm -hmm. work that way. And, I get, you know, I started off this conversation very optimistic about this. I had really thought that I had found an innovative way to save a good 15 to 30 minutes for people, but it sounds like I, I didn't think this all the way out. I didn't fully articulate it. Because while you're talking to me, another thing that occurred to me, uh, if these are all under one central system, what happens if there's a monkey wrench thrown in that system, right? Oh, like a power outage or something like that? Or, oh, yeah, uh, that's a great example. That's one. Um, you know, something like that where, you know, suddenly there's no power to these vehicles or, you know, everybody is stuck in the same place that they are right then. There's no, no one's moving anywhere. Um, or a hacker, Scott. What about a hacker? Hackers are possible, sure. They're, they're always possible. You think that you're safe, but, uh, you know, as we've seen in the past, there's ways to get around everything. So um, another thing that maybe haven't thought about is the expense, tremendous expense that would be involved with something like this, because you're talking about doing away with our current road systems. Um, what, if, do you, what do you mean, though? Well, I mean, if nothing else, they're going to be, you know, would have to embed wires or devices or, you know, something like that. You know, the, the, the entire city infrastructure would have to change in order for something like this to work. That's um, what, yeah. so, and not only would everybody have to get new vehicles, but, you know, the city would have to adapt as well. That's a pretty good point. I didn't think about that. Big one. Okay. Okay. Big well, one. I'm going to, you know what? I am still going to stick with, uh, with some optimism here. I'm a, I'm a glass half full kind of person, you mm -hmm. know, as, as are you. Got reason to be uh, half full, I guess, because there are situations where driverless systems are good. Oh, lay it on me. Okay, well, there's a couple I can think of, really. Um, one is kind of a, uh, I want to call it recreational, but I don't think it really is. I think there's more to it than that, really. Um, it's the DARPA Urban Challenge. You might, oh. Maybe you're familiar with it. I don't know. Re would you refresh my memory? Okay, the DARPA Urban Challenge. That's where they take a, a driverless vehicle, unmanned, no one's in the car at all, navigate through a course that could be several miles long. I mean, I think in you know one year it was 135 miles long, this really? course. Yeah, with uh, with various challenges, you know, stop signs, intersections with other unmanned vehicles, um, houses, trees. So it's a know. race. It's a race between these robotic, it, robotically steered cars. It is a race, but um, it's also a very controlled, very methodical race. It's uh, the Control is really the big, big okay. point here. Uh, they want it to be safe. Um, and that's that's the goal is trying to figure out how to make these vehicles safe. But they really do they do an excellent job of it. They um, mm. the top prize is something like two million dollars. It's um, it's it's really a great competition. So what's uh what you said there was one more? Where yeah, there's one more situation I think where uh, something like this pays off, and that's um, automated durability test tracks. What are automated durability test tracks? <laughs> it's a mouthful, but um, what they are really is. Um, Proving grounds for auto manufacturers. Um, oh, okay. So let's say you're trying to test a uh, like a Jeep vehicle, maybe uh, something you know with a, uh, a pretty rugged suspension. Okay. Um, you want to really put it through the test, but um, you know maybe you're worried about the drivers being able to uh, to you know stand up to that kind of punishment. That, oh, you know, sure. Okay. The, Without getting an impacted spine or yeah, something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because you know they do have to test these cars. I mean. It's not just a couple of hours of testing. You're talking hundreds of thousands, if not millions of miles of testing for these vehicles. And uh, one way that they can do it is with an automated system. They've got, you know, tracks that, 
you know, have, like we talked about, embedded wires and, you know, systems that allow the vehicle to drive without a driver. Uh, so they're, they're unmanned vehicles, and uh, they can really put them through their paces, uh, you know, significantly higher level than they could if there was a driver involved. Okay, so go over the rough suspension, take the high-speed hairpin turns. Well, yeah, Ben, that's exactly what they do because they've already got this infrastructure built, and, you know, they're able to punish the vehicles to the point, you know, where they can they can take – you know, right to the very limit of what the vehicle can uh, is can withstand. Really, um, you know, the the driver, you remove the the human element, and uh, you know they're able to just push it that much more. Okay, so this goes back to the human element again, mm-hmm. and both of these situations, I guess, are places where the human element is really more of a hindrance. That's right. In th- in those situations, well, actually, the the automated test track is one. The other one is kind of like I said, not recreational, but um, it's more of a uh, that's a military thing, isn't it? It, it so, really is, yeah. yeah it is. Okay. It is, yeah. Um, but removing the human element in this case is a good thing in, for the automated test track, yeah. Now, I had heard, weren't you telling me earlier as far as, I guess, civilian things go, uh, there are some cars that can park themselves? I was really interested in this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, cars that park themselves. They've had those for a little while now, but um, they are pretty advanced um the systems are there they they can do something that you know most people don't like to do on their own they don't like to a lot of people don't like to parallel park oh parallel parking yeah oh, i hate it it's parallel parking <laughs> oh man i am so bad at parallel parking <laughs> if i had a nickel for every time i wish my car would parallel park itself i'm not good at math but i would have at least 15 cents today <laughs> that's know. not too bad then really um but Honestly, the systems are incredible. They really do a good job. I mean, so they work. They really do. Yeah, uh, you have to find. You know, they have to meet certain, you know, parameters for them to work. You know, you have to find a spot that's six feet longer than the car that you're driving. That's ridiculous. Um, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> that's not. That's never going to work, though. <laughs> I, I understand. You know, it does work. It really does. If you're if you're fortunate enough to find a spot that's six feet longer than your uh, <laughs> your SUV that you know the system yeah. is in, it'll it will work. Um, What's the appeal with that? Though? Well, the appeal is that you know if if you're not good at it, mm-hmm. you just let the system go and it does it, and it really does work. I mean, it, you get to the point where you know you you pull it to where it has to go, you set the system as it as it should be set, and you take your hands off the wheel and the, the car does it. So is that like the cruise control, or there lasers, or radar, or some sort of camera? Exactly, there are sensors that, that uh, determine the location of the vehicle, the curb location, of the vehicle in front of you and behind you. It knows when to cut the wheel. It knows when to, uh, you know, keep it off the curb a little bit. So and it's 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 a great system, really. It sounds like an expensive system. I mean, that's my first reaction when I hear it. Honestly, a little bit a little bit inconvenient. Yes, a little bit convenient also. But how much would this, do you know, if this would be, it doesn't sound like a basic factory. Well, no, it's not. Right now it's kind of on the top end cars, as you'd expect. But that's the way we see things happen in the automotive industry. You know, they they start out the top and they kind of trickle down into some of the lower end vehicles. Uh, Maybe not lower end, but, you know, the the (laughs) more common vehicles, I guess, would be a better way to say that. Um, Sure. Starts at the Bentleys, ends at the uh, Civics, (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of self-parking systems right now. So it it sounds like uh, one of the the main the main problems we have implementing this whole thing is, is the cost, right? The cost is always a concern. That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's a major concern no matter what you're doing in automotive. Um, 
Cost is a big deal. But yeah, even right. even if money was no object, you still think this is a pretty bad idea, huh? I actually do, yeah. I mean, I just think that, you know, overall, everybody is not going to conform to this. And I don't think that cities are going to want to put, you know, the, well, you just said cost is an a factor, but right. um, I don't, I really don't see cities completely changing their entire roadway mm -hmm. systems to, to meet this mm -hmm. requirement. You know, I'm nodding like this because I think you're winning me over. I think, <laughs> I think I might be coming over to your side of the argument, Scott, because it just occurred to me that if there is this central system that we talked about uh, earlier, if there is this central system controlling the location and destination and even the speed of every car in the system if someone decided for instance that no one should be able to go to uh, Nebraska then they would just be able to enter that option in right that's and, right yeah it'd be kind of like a I guess like a no-fly zone really would be wow. um, you know they, they could restrict certain areas and you just wouldn't be able to go there you'd, you'd lose some of the freedom that you have with your own vehicle that's for sure I don't like that well no one does <laughs> so maybe are we just not ready for driverless cars that's that's probably right yeah i mean um i never say never because uh you know this may happen at some point uh, you know to some level you know we're seeing little bits of it now with adaptive cruise control and mm -hmm. the self-parking and you know mm -hmm. things like the dark urban challenge they, they prove that it's possible it really is possible um I just don't see everybody conforming to this in the future. I know. Okay. So maybe it's safe for me to hold on to to my naive optimism about this. I'm going to I'm going to say that I'm I'm on your side right now. I think driverless cars are a bad idea. Mm. You've won me over. Excellent. Um I'm not sure though, Scott, in 5 or 10 years, you know, we both might change our tune. Now, yeah, maybe there's some projections that, you know, it's it's coming, but um They've been saying that since, you know, the 1939 World Fair or something like that, you know, where, you know, the, that uh, in 1960, all the cars are going to be, you know, on these automated systems and, um, you know, the, the world of the future. But uh, I guess here we are nearly 50 years past that and we haven't seen it yet. Thanks so much for breaking this down for us, Scott. Oh, no problem. Anytime I can help, I'm uh, glad to do it. Thanks for joining the podcast today. We'll see you again next time. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on I'm this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy. Yeah. Right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.